Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Sorry. Um. Oh. Um. I left my door open and my cat is already in here, so this you is not going to be good. <laughs> I left it open just a crack and I just heard something. Okay. Frankie. It's Pip. I'm going to let him in. Pip! He's uh, fine. He's fine. Okay. He doesn't mock your lions. He just sits in the window. Pip's oh, a good boy. Okay. That's okay then. Yeah, no biggie. Um, um well, well anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line, but we'll get back everybody. How are you? Uh Danny, who are we? We're Hags. We're Silence of the Hags. Look at us so early on that. Wow. Oh my god, we got it done out of the way. We've been slacking these last couple of weeks. Uh but not this week, guys. No, no. We're back. We're ready to go. Um So Danny, what's up? How's your week been? It's actually been honestly really good wow i love to hear that what's going on what's so good Um, or is or do you want to save it for your happy no i have a different happy um yeah i know i'm prepared for once um no it's just been like i i'm i always get really excited around like gift giving time (laughs) so it's mother's day Uh coming up and oh yeah it sure is will it be mother's day when this comes out no It'll be no. one week before Mother's Day. Almost um, Mother's Day. Yeah, but I'm very, very excited. Good. I just, um, yeah, I love gift giving. And I feel like I really, so you know, nailed it this Mother's mm-hmm. Day. Oh, what'd you do? Your mom's not going to listen to this. <laughs> what is it? Tell so me. So I got her, um, sorry, my mouth is full. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have food I wasn't expecting too, to be so you're not alone. Um, well, this is what I so I got her a custom portrait of our dog mm-hmm. who passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the light of our life. And we were talking about this last episode about Pritchard. I don't think we used his name, but we were talking about him. Oh, yeah, we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was a great dog. Absolutely. Yes. Like A plus of a dog. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Two different colored eyes. Just a good boy. All around great boy. He was the goat when we got him put down um over 20 people came to say goodbye to him (gasps) really yeah we had like a big thing in my grandparents backyard and everybody came and said goodbye and we had like a day where we had like like we just had food for everybody and like everybody would like come and say goodbye and like it because we had him so we got him put down when i was 19 and i had him since i was seven Wow. So, like, people who I hadn't seen in, like, years came out and, like, paid their respects. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we Gave have a vet who does it at, at the house. So, he wow. didn't have to go to the vet. So, then, after everybody left, that was when the vet came. I think he didn't come until, like, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And we got him put down. Um, it was beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> but my mom has, like, so, I'm 25 now. So, it's been six years since we got my dog uh-huh. put down. My mom still is, like, not ready for another dog. Like, she's like, I can't. Like, she cannot do it. So I got her a custom mm-hmm. portrait of her dog. That's um, lovely. This next part of the gift isn't going to sound as great after all that. <laughs> but then oh, I got no. her I, I got her a subscription. Of, I paid for four weeks of HelloFresh because, oh. yeah. Uh, this Bougie. episode is sponsored by oh HelloFresh. <laughs> oh, my God. It uh, better be to fucking <laughs> save your bank account from that. Yeah, my lord. Like, she's always so stressed, and she works so much. And, like, she's got mm-hmm. the girls at the house and Marcelo. And she's always, like, really stressed mm-hmm. about dinner. So yeah. I was like, I think this would be nice. Like, then it just comes to the house. She doesn't even really need to worry about cooking it because, like, honestly, one of the kids can put it together. But, yeah. like, comes with all the shit, gives you the recipe, and you literally just, like, cook it. 
So I was like, this will be really nice. And then I was telling That's my lovely. coworker today. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that she like her daughter just subscribed her for HelloFresh, and she's like, it's amazing. She's like, it mm-hmm. literally takes like no work. She's like, it takes like yeah twenty minutes to make dinner. She has four kids. And she yeah, was my like, mom. It's great. Yeah, my mom was doing it for a little while, and she really liked it. Yeah, it's just really uh, expensive. and everything was really yummy. Yeah, it is expensive. Yeah. Um, it's quite out. expensive. <laughs> they might never sponsor no. us if I leave. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. It's such a bargain. Yeah. Please don't rush. Um, yeah. And then I got my grandma nice. a necklace that has my birthstone, her birthstone, and mom's birthstone. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Oh, my God. Your gifts are always so thoughtful. I know. Guys, I always ask Danny to help me with gifts. <laughs> she usually says, well, I don't know. You know them better than I do, but then comes up with the best gifts. So. <laughs> If you need someone to help with that, I'm volunteering her. I love giving gifts. I also giving just sent, oh my God, so many gifts. My friend from North Carolina, his baby, um, turned one Congrats, yesterday. Um, what's what's their name? Jet. Oh, that's yeah. so cute. Happy birthday, Jet. Um, Happy first birthday. But it was like a very big deal because he was like three and a half months premature. Mm. So it's been a long road, but no he's kidding. here. Good for you, little yeah. jet baby. Congrats. And congrats to your friend in North Carolina. Yeah. So I sent oh, them a little gift cool. for him. Nice, and nice. I also sent them a gift as a congrats on making it through this stressful fucking year. This, yeah, this trying year. Um, yeah, so it does sound like a good week for mm. you. All the things you love to do. Give gifts. Give gifts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's what you love, right? Just giving gifts. Yes, giving <laughs> gifts. Everybody give me your yeah. address. I'll send you stuff. I love it. Don't give, actually. Give me a write-up about you because I will do it. She, that's what she's Danny saying. Is too, Danny <laughs> is not financially stable enough to do that. Please don't send your address. Because she will put herself in, like, severe debt. Yeah, my grandma always gets mad at me. She's like, you have to stop putting yourself in severe debt to give people gifts. I'm like, but I love it. But I love it so much. It brings me joy. The only light in my life is giving things to other people. Besides me, of course. Don't yeah. forget that. Never. Um, well, I'm glad you're having such a good week. I feel like lately your weeks have kind of been shitty. Yeah. So my week, guys, I'm not going to lie. It's not been great. It's not been a great week for Sage. Um, realistically, everything's fine. <laughs> like, there's nothing really wrong. Uh, but I recently, oh my god, I'm gonna give, I don't know, I don't care if people know this about me, but I'm gonna tell everyone, even if you don't want to know this about me, you're about to know, uh, I had an IUD for the last two years, and recently made the decision to get it removed, um, and that has overwhelmingly been a good decision, it's been great, um, I'm not saying that they don't, like, work for other people, it just, uh, wasn't right for me. So I got it out, which sucked, of course, but whatever. Um, and then it's been really good. And then this week has happened, and I have gotten my first womanly time <laughs> in two years. And it sucks. <laughs> I she literally, I woke up this morning. I did, yeah. It's my first <laughs> Um, I woke up this morning, and I was like, I kind of missed my IUD. Because, <laughs> like... You still get kind of, like, crampy and shit with it in. Because I had a hormonal one. I didn't have the copper one, which copper one makes your period worse. Um, but I had the hormonal hormonal, hormonal, hormonal one. And um, 
that one just gets rid of it entirely. Uh, and you saw, like, I, at least I did, I still got, like, crampy and, like, my back was sore, but I forgot. It's kind of like it had that constantly, but less than, like, spread out versus having your period where it's all way worse and concentrated into a couple days. Mm-hmm. I would say that's how I describe it. So I have had that, which sucks. Um, but you know what? It's okay. Everyone has that. So, like, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to complain too hard about that because, I mean, every woman in the world can relate. Um, but it still sucks. We all know this. Um, and I don't know. Anxiety has just been kicking my butt this week. Um, but you know what? Oh, no, I'm going to save that part for my happy. But yeah, it's just been a little bit of a rough week for me. And you know what? That's okay. I think also because we had so much gorgeous sun last week. Yeah. And now it's all gloom and doom this week. Maybe, maybe I'm a little sad about that too, but that's okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it through yes and you know how we're gonna make it through this week danny with robert picton with robert picton <laughs> everybody <laughs> um okay guys so i'm gonna be real with you like this is not a pleasant episode okay um not pleasant at all we're gonna be talking about the trial and some of the evidence in the trial and it sucks so i'll give you like a little bit of additional warnings when we get to the really bad stuff um but yeah this is not fun this is not a fun episode i mean it's just i know we all love to hear the the gore okay i'm not gonna pretend we don't but i'm just letting you know if you have a weak stomach or if you're faint of heart or if you just don't want to hear about some of the awful shit that happened i'll tell you when to skip um, because up until uh, the trial, you know, it sucks, but it's not too, too, too horrendous. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So I think I'm just going to get into it. So, Danny, um, when we left off last week, we had gotten a pretty good feel of uh, Robert Picton's childhood um, and the kind of the environment he was in. Um, and then we also ended off by establishing that Willie was generally known as like a safe John to the working girls, Mm -hmm. um, around the downtown East side up until this point. Um, up until right now, everything's pointing to Dave. Yes. And in this episode, it's not shit (laughs) starts to point to Robert again. Um, so um, like I said, uh, Willie was generally known as a safe John to the working girls around the downtown east side. Unfortunately, this is about to change. Um, so on March 22nd, 1997, Sandra Gale, um, what's her last name? Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I forgot to put this in. Um, so I got almost all of my research from a book called On the Farm by Stevie Cameron. Mm-hmm. And really, really great. I'll talk about it a little bit more late uh, later. Really amazing book. Um, but uh, Sandra, the main, the girl who we're about to talk about here, they used an alias for it in the book. Um, and I didn't realize that until a little bit lo- uh, later. Uh, so I'm just trying to find her real name because Sandra Gale is not her real name. Um, her name is Wendy Lynn Eistetter. Eistetter. 
Okay. So, yeah. So her Wendy Lynn Eistetter is who is our our main girl here. But um, like I said in the book, she's known as as Sandra. So I'm going to be talking about her as Sandra because honestly, I wrote the entire thing as her being named Sandra, and it was too late to change it. So Sandra and it's Sandra in the book. So if you read the book, it'll be a little bit less confusing too. Um, so on March 22nd, 1997, Sandra Gale had been having a pretty average day. Um, a mother of two whose children lived with their father had been working the streets from the moment she woke up um, and hadn't taken a break yet that day. So she had stood to, oh my god, this is really choppy. <laughs> is that your writing or your mic? Yeah, my writing. Oh. What are you doing right now? It sounds like scratching. Oh, sorry. I'm I mean, it doesn't, it just sounds like you're doing a scratch of one. Uh, no, I'm coloring something. <laughs> I'm coloring. I'm <laughs> I'm listening. I'm I'm fully listening. I'm like <laughs> making these little mushrooms and I'm just painting oh the my base God, of them. You're so funny. <laughs> um, I'll allow it. I need um, to keep myself occupied, otherwise I'll start knocking things over on my desk. Okay. All right. I'm gonna restart that. Okay. okay. So sorry. Restart um, the whole March... thing or no no no. Okay. Just uh that night. just the yeah. So on March twenty second, nineteen ninety seven. Sandra Gale had been having a pretty average day. She was a mother of two whose children lived with their father as she was a working girl who was addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she had sent her children to live with their father um, because that was what was best for her kids. Um, So she had been working the streets from the minute that she had woken up and hadn't taken a break at all that day. She had been working... um, around near her boyfriend and pimp um, and snuck away uh, halfway through the day in order to do something that she really loved, uh, which was visit the casino. She normally gave herself a limit of spending about $20 a day um, because she didn't want to lose a lot of the money that she had been working because, like I said, boyfriend and pimp. So unfortunately, she also had to pay her boyfriend money um, from the work that she was doing. Um, this day, however, she had worse luck than usual and ended up losing a whopping $60 uh, at the casino. She was scared because if Stu, who was her boyfriend and pimp, uh, found out that she had lost that much money, he would absolutely hurt her uh, and beat her up, essentially. Um, so she was, she was pretty desperate to make back the money. The casino that Sandra had visited was in Chinatown on Main Street and Kiefer. She stuck in the general vicinity, uh, walking around for the next four hours trying to make her money back. Is that um, casino some... still there? No. Right? No. No, okay. I don't think so. I was say, no. there's a casino down Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, I know. Wouldn't that be crazy? Um, I think it's too busy over there now. Yeah. Okay, so... sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she walked around for the next four hours trying to make her money back. Uh, sometime in between 10 and 11 p.m., None other than Willie Picton pulled up next to Sandra. Um, after a little bit of back and forth, uh, asking what the price was, was uh, for certain services, doing a little bit of haggling, Willie ended up asking her to come back to his house on the farm uh, in Coquitlam for, we'll call it the works. Um, she, was <laughs> she was sketched out by this uh, and offered a place closer that she knew of. Um, because 
even you know even back then in in you know the 90s late 90s it was pretty well known that it wasn't a good idea to a get into a vehicle with somebody uh but b go back to somebody's place if you don't know them Mm -hmm. so that was already a a well-known thing um so she was she was already weirded out by this said hey i know somewhere closer uh he said "Mm, no Uh, i i really i just prefer to go home um but I'll give you a hundred dollars, a ride there and back, and I'll get you back by one a.m. So she already worried about having lost the sixty dollars, felt that she had no choice, and was like, "All right." And and like we established before, while she didn't know him very well or at all, really, um, she knew that he had a reputation of being, you <coughs> know, fine. He was he was fine. He wasn't super scary. Um, so she got in his truck and off they went. On the drive over, he told her that his friends called him Willie and not Robert. Um, And when they got back to the farm and into Willie's trailer, uh, the first thing she noticed that the place was an absolute pigsty. Uh, Pun, maybe, (laughs) intended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the second thing she noticed was that there was a butcher's knife on the kitchen counter. Um, Although this was more of her just kind of taking stock of her surroundings, just seeing what's going on. Rather than her being really freaked out or worried or anything like that. Because it was on the kitchen, you know. It was in the kitchen. Not really anything out of place about that. Knives usually are in the kitchen. Um, So after poking around a bit and getting comfy using the washroom, you know, that kind of thing. Sandra ended up asking if she could use the phone so that she could contact Stu to let him know where she was. So he wasn't freaking out and, and wouldn't take it out on her when she got back. Um, as she was on the phone, she could feel Willie coming up behind her and starting to caress her hand, um, her shoulder, and she really didn't like it. Um, so right as she was about to turn around and, and basically say, okay, let's, let's back off Enough. here. Yeah. Um, she felt a handcuff close around her wrist. Oh. So, yeah. So this, this it gets, guys, this is a little violent. This is going to happen, okay? Um, so... Sandra reacted immediately um, and started punching, kicking, screaming, biting, clawing at him um, so that he wouldn't be able to get the handcuff around her other wrist. Um, her instincts, honestly, at, at this point are really spot on. Um, and, and it's her quick thinking here that, uh, that ended up saving her in the end here. Um, Willie answered this in kind, hitting her back. Um, and this is when she remembered, hey, I saw a knife on the counter in the kitchen. Good um, job. Yeah, absolutely. Always take inventory of your surroundings. Exactly. Um, and she did another smart thing. So rather than just try to make a crazy break for it, she figured that he probably, I mean, again, we mentioned that his house was a pigsty. So she realized that he probably didn't realize it was on, that it was just out in the open on the counter. Um, so again, rather than just making a break for it when he could possibly stop her, um, she let him continue to hit him as she slowly backed up until she felt her back hit the counter, reach behind her, grab the knife, um, and started basically slicing at him. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, because she couldn't see, she did grab the knife by the blade and it, uh, right across her palm, cut the entire thing open. Um, but she didn't care she refused to let go of it and started slashing at him so she got him in the throat and gave him a really really deep gash across his face 
Um, she did one ear to ear and then one cheek to ear. So she got him twice. Um, she then threw a nearby plant or a nearby plant at him while he was kind of stunned, um, and tried to open his back door. So she ran past him, tried to open his back uh, back door to escape. His fucking door was glued shut. Yeah. Okay. And she's like, "Well, fuck, okay." Um, and then she starts hitting the glass on the door to to try to to break it to get op- uh, to be able to crawl out. It was fucking plexiglass. This girl's so, fucking adrenaline yeah. must be like yeah. through she, the goddamn roof. She put up honestly, a yeah, fight. She, crazy, crazy, yeah. Um, and by now, Willie had collected himself, and, and she knew that she would have to run by him in order because he only had two doors the back door which she obviously had already tried to to get by and then there's the front door that she'd come in but in order to get to the front door she'd have to run across him um so willie has collected himself and is is starting to attack her again at this point um she blacks out she didn't pass out but she blacked out um so she doesn't know what happened in the next couple of minutes but the next thing she remembers is she is outside um, by Willie's truck. He is winning the fight. Mm-hmm. So as she kind of comes to, she looks at her hand and realizes that she still has the knife. And then she starts jabbing just like frantically at him um, until he wrestles the knife from her hand. Um, so at this point, it's, it's, it's looking not super great for her. I mean, Willie is... He's a lot bigger than her. Yeah. Um, and she's now defenseless. But because of all the knife wounds, he was losing a lot of blood. Getting lightheaded. A lot. Mm-hmm. So he was getting weaker and weaker and losing consciousness. And after another minute or two, he completely passed out. Nice. Yeah. And she was able to, to slip away. So she ran onto the road in front of the house. Um, she was covered head to toe in blood and was screaming. Um, and luckily, an elderly man and woman were driving by in their car um, and picked her up. Okay. And yeah, as they uh, after she got in the car and right before they left, uh, Sandra said to them, "Miss, look out your windows. Um, see that little white car?" And she said, "Yeah." She said, "If anything happens to me, if I die." That's where the guy that lives did this uh, to me in that trailer right there and pointed at Willie's house. Oh, shit. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, so, this, like, I would be in sheer fucking panic. Like, I yeah, would not be absolutely. able to form a proper sentence. The, the absolute will this woman had to live is insane. Yeah. Like, I just feel like even even from the second she, like, that she realized, oh, shit, I ha- there's a knife back there. I need to get back to the knife. Like, honestly, fucking good for you. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't even imagine being in that situation. And then when you try to leave, the door is glued shut. Yeah, I'd be fucking shitting myself. I would literally be so, like, like, no hope. I'm, yeah, and yeah. so and so it's obvious that you know that this is a plan thing. This isn't a heat of the moment thing because he's blocked the other escape route. Yeah, super scary. Um. So the couple that picked up Sandra called 911, and she was brought to Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster um, and put into surgery for her wounds, um, as at one point during the scuffle, she had gotten slashed in the stomach 
So her organs were literally falling out of her stomach. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, unbeknownst to her, another victim of a stabbing was being sent to Royal Columbia. Uh, Ro- oh. Royal Columbian, sorry. Hmm. What? No. I was just saying, oh. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, but also, yeah, you guessed it. Robert Picton was also being sent to Royal Columbian. So I wonder who called nine one one. I wonder. Interesting. Huh. Um, so Robert had it had been a little bit of a uh kerfuffle getting him there. Um, I'll explain a little bit later. Um, but long story short, uh, of course the police were involved as I mean there were not one but two people who had been in a knife fight. Um, And even though it was unclear at first what the situation was, um, uh, with Sandra telling the truth and Willie being a little more creative with his recount of events, um, he told the story that he was in Vancouver having a little rest in his pickup uh, when a prostitute knocked on his window and asked him, uh, and woke him up, sorry, how much, I ask, and she says, 200, so I say, okay. Um, he takes her back to the trailer. She went into the bathroom and shot herself up. Um, and when she came out, she wanted, well, I had some money on the table. I always had cash on me. I put $3,400 on the table. Sorry, this is all a direct quote that he told the, the investigators. So, if it makes no sense, it's not me, it's Robert. Um, so, yeah, I put $3,400 on the table. There was a knife there. She took the knife and said, I want my money up front, and grabbed for the money. I tried to take the knife away. She starts to stab me, so I grab it to try and protect myself. She ran out of the trailer and ran to the booze can where the bikers are, which, of course, is the uh, Hells Angel area Mm -hmm. across from him. Uh, She broke a window, and an older couple took her to the hospital. I drove to the police station. I forgot it had moved, so I went to Eagle Ridge Hospital. And nearly bled to death on the way. I needed over 300 stitches, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> that's what Willie had to say about him. Um, but, uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yes. And then, when uh, later one of his friends had asked him what he had been doing or thinking to get himself into that situation, he basically said, I want you to find out where she lives because I'm going to deal with her myself. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't enough that he had done done all of that, but he was also wanted his friends to find out where she was so that he could take care of her. So, absolutely terrifying guy. Um, so, despite this version of events, the police charged him on April 8th um, with one count of attempting to murder Sandra by repeatedly stabbing her uh, and also with unlawful confinement and aggravated assault. Um, Willie Hard, one of Vancouver's best-known and most expensive criminal lawyers to defend him. Um, the law firm hired a private detective, and the Picton brothers told close friends to get as much background as possible on Sandra. Um, and a court date was set for January 28th the following year in 1998. Um, and it's all signs lead to, uh, her knowing that she was being investigated, Mm-hmm. And Sandra was terrified of Willie, reasonably so, so she didn't show up, and the judge dropped all charges against no. him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, additionally, 
all of his friends, who a lot of them are Hell's Angels, Mm -hmm. are asking about her. So, yeah, I mean, she's like, full hands off, I'm not doing this anymore because I fucking survived this and I'm not going to go through it again. And, like, for that, like, demographic as well, Mm -hmm. snitches get stitches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they do. (laughs) Um, So, at this time, uh, in history, I guess, or at this point in time in, in the late 90s, um, women disappearing from the downtown east side was actually very rare. Um, so there were deaths, for sure, drug overdoses, murders, deaths from sicknesses, um, issues with, um, like, missing drugs and stuff like that. Like, deaths were common. Mm-hmm. But just people disappearing without a trace? Absolutely not. Um, the average of people going missing or women specifically going missing from the downtown east side. Uh, can you guess how many a year? Mm. I'd like to hear a guess. I'd say like 300. Yeah? Is that your final answer? 350. <laughs> Is that your final answer? I feel like it's more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. No. <laughs> One. What? One person a year. Bullshit. Yep, dead ass. One okay. person a year go- going missing from the downtown east side. One woman. Oh, you mean one person a year taken seriously. Is that what they mean? No. No. One person. Was not common. People make it sound... <laughs> people make it sound like people are just fucking disappearing constantly, left, right, and center, never know when I, who, where anyone is. Not true at all. It was so unbelievably uncommon to have people from the downtown east side go missing. Again... People moving, sure. People dying, sure. But bodies were always found. Mm -hmm. There was always some sort of trace because despite what you may or may not think, um, the people, I mean, sex workers, drug addicts, these people have family. And they talk to their family. And if they don't talk to their family, they have friends. And they talk to their friends. So not, it's not, it wasn't a thing. It's not a thing. Oh, yeah. The average is one per year. Um, And in 1995, there had been five. And only six weeks into 1997, there had been three. Mm -hmm. Eight months into 1997, eight women were gone. And by the end of that year, 14 women had disappeared without a trace. So this is something that everybody on the downtown east side is, is noticing and paying attention to. No one could remember the last time that they had lost even five, six, seven people in one year before this. Mm -hmm. Um, So to them, it was very, very, very apparent that something was happening. Um, And there were rumors going around after what had happened to Sandra. And now everyone knew to stay away from Lily. Um, Unfortunately, though, these were just rumors. And Lily had a secret weapon. He had a woman named Gina. So Gina was a sex worker who had two children who had basically attached herself to Willie. Um, She would tell people that they were married, uh, would often use his last name for things because Willie had money and stability and Gina wanted those. Um, She also liked that he had like an entire life in pig farm Uh, and he had the the good time piggy palace, (laughs) whatever it was called. The Piggy Palace Good Time Society, he had that, and she liked showing up on his arm, so she liked all the things that that Willie could give her. 
Um, so when Gina, one of their own on the downtown east side, would pop in and tell people about, you know, there were these parties and, and, and cash that they were handing out. Like, it was nothing. There were free drugs everywhere. It was really hard for people to pass up, um, especially when Gina, who, again, is someone that you know, said that she'd be there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is where it gets... If you if you know you know if you know the rumor of what happened to Sandra, this is where it gets a little bit foggy because, well, Sandra is saying these things, but Gina is with Robert. Yeah. So and she's one of us. So what's what's the issue here? Yeah, who's lying? Yeah. So now you may be asking yourself, where are the police? Uh, what do they have to say about this? Considering that. We're going from one to two to maximum three, three women missing in a year, to five, and then to uh, 14. Mm-hmm. So the spokesperson for the Vancouver police at the time, named Ann Drennan, said in a press conference on the subject that they believed that there was no evidence of a serial killer in the area, um, instead attributing the increase in missing persons to increasing levels of violence and disputes over drugs. Um, however... She failed to explain how none of these bodies were being found uh, were that to be the case. Because, again, like I said before, it's not that people dying was unheard of on on the downtown east side. Because it wasn't. that You know, that's a reality. That's part of that area. But bodies were always found. Yeah. And so for, her, for them to be saying that, well, it, it's probably just because things are getting more violent. But they're not finding anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on yeah um so however despite the general disinterest in the case uh by the department um because that was basically how uh whenever any of the police asked uh police force sorry was asked for the most part um that's pretty much what they said they're like well it's just getting more violent down there Mm -hmm. so uh despite the general disinterest in the cases by the department there were a few police officers who knew something was going on and wanted to help these women uh, and bring the cor- the culprit to justice. One of them being culprit Dave Dick- uh, Dixon. So he had been looking into this, and he brought his findings, which were, uh, of course, the increase in missing women since 1995, uh, the fact that the women's families had no idea why or how they had vanished, um, and then the mystery that uh, if these people were moving on, um, leaving anything like that they all had their personal identification um, their children's pictures medications um, uncashed checks that were being left behind in their room um, so the argument that they were you know living their nomadic lifestyle and moving on to the next place made no sense because they were leaving everything uh, and not even just the money they were just leaving everything they cared about mm-hmm. um, behind because it's very well known that um Regardless of whether or not these people, well, these people sound so aggressive, but whether or not the people living on the downtown east side, um, whether or not they had their children with them, it is well known that, you know, if they had, if they had their children taken away or if they gave their children up for adoption because they know they couldn't provide the life that they believe their children deserved and that their children do deserve, Mm Um, they were very proud of them. They always loved to have pictures and always, they were just like regular parents, always bragging about their kids' accompli- accomplishments. Yeah. So the fact that they would leave their children's photos behind, 
there's absolutely something else going on and which is what he was saying to pretty much anyone Mm -hmm. um so he ended up bringing all of this uh and making a case to the staff sergeant for the downtown east side area um and he spoke about how he was being called constantly by family members of the friends of the missing women so this is another thing that a lot of people say when we're talking about you know well why aren't why aren't police officers focusing on these missing persons cases because i mean it's no secret that police tend to do a lot less work when it comes to you know sex workers and and people who are addicted to drugs Mm -hmm. going missing and a lot of people say that well i if i were a police officer i would i would probably focus on the person whose family is is constantly hounding me and asking me where where they are versus the person whose family is not because i'm trying to get that person home to their family Mm -hmm. which okay sure but that's not true it's not like these people's families aren't saying hey my child is missing Mm -hmm. Um, they're just their children are just more troubled and their mm-hmm. family members are just more troubled it's easier to write off mm-hmm, totally um so he also told his boss about how frustrated he was uh because of the attitude from his colleagues or any officer in the rcmp um so basically he had been told that he's been down there too long or that he's been stockholmed um yeah <laughs> which in other words they believed that he had been in the downtown east side for so long that he had lost his professional perspective nice. and just sided with prostitutes and addicts. And that's, you know, that's just what he was doing. Unacceptable. Yeah. Siding with prostitutes and addicts? Disgusting. How dare you? To clarify, that's a joke, everybody. Um, so <laughs> another person who was searching for the truth was Lindsay Kynes, who is a writer for the Vancouver Sun. Um, he did countless interviews with families of the missing women and published many articles on the subject, forcing the police to act even in the smallest amount. Um, eventually, through digging, uh, Kynes had ended up interviewing one of Dave Picton's previous employees, Bill Hiscox, who had tipped Lindsay off to Willie Picton, describing him as quite the strange character. Very, very strange. Um, he continued on to say that it was a strange coincidence that the police had charged Picton with the attempted murder of Sandra Gale in 1997. And that was a strange coincidence because of uh, the fact that all of the girls that are going missing and all of their person I- purses and IDs are out there in his trailer. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, yeah, it's really interesting that that he didn't actually end up getting, you know, going to jail, considering he has all of the shit from all of the missing women in his trailer. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. He also told Lindsay about the large size of the cluttered farm and how not only was it easy to hide things, but again, about the incredible number of women's belongings uh, that were kind of strewn throughout the farm. After this, Hiscox also contacted the police and told them the same information. Uh, they assured him they would check Willie and his farm out. They never did. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. So, there's definitely a lot more to this. And, and there's an entire world 
um, about about the police investigation and about the politics that were happening around it. Um, but honestly, I would probably need four or five episodes to actually go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I got almost all of my research from uh, a book called On the Farm by Stevie Cameron. So if you are more interested, please read it. It's really, really well written. It's really interesting. Um, it's really sad because essentially the book gives a voice to all of the victims, which is so important, but it's very sad. Um, and we go super, super into detail about, there's three parts to the book and, and I think one entire part is, is about the police investigation and about what was happening behind the scenes and why this was going on for Mm -hmm. as long as it did. Yes. So. Yeah, I did my best to kind of condense the situation and give you the vibe of what was happening. But again, I would need a lot more time um, because, I mean, the book is like a thousand pages. It's it's a lot. There's a lot to it. So in 1997s, the Pictons had been sued by Port Coquitlam officials for violating zoning ordinances um, and neglecting the agriculture for which it had been zoned and having altered a large farm building on the land for purpose of holding dances, concerts, and other recreations. <laughs> so they said, you can't just fucking start a bar for with nothing. With no kind of permits. With, n- with no zoning okays. Uh, especially on an area that's, that's meant to be for farmland. Mm-hmm. Um, How long so was this they after got- they started the bar? Um, I think this was relatively quick, actually. Let me just see. Let me just see. Um, Sorry, you don't have to answer my question. No, that's okay. Okay. 1995. So, two years. Yeah, two years after it had come to be, it was no longer. It went. Yeah, it left. Uh, 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 um, where was I? So, yes. So, yeah, they, they sued and basically said, you can't do that shit anymore. It's over. However, uh, the Pickens ignored them. <laughs> they said, I don't give a hoot. Um, and in 1998, held a massive New Year's Eve party. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> After which they were faced with an injunction banning future parties. Nice. Um, yeah. So the police, police were authorized to arrest and remove any person attending future events uh, at the farm. And the Piggy Palace Good Time Society's nonprofit status was removed the following year. For inability to procure financial statements. How the fuck was it a non-profit? Um, well, remember, that's what they did. They made it a non-profit. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. Doesn't really make sense to me. Okay. I don't, I think, I honestly think they were doing it for tax cuts. I think they were, they oh, were, yeah, um, like it. they were money laundering. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, what's the word? Solidified by the fact that they couldn't provide any financial statements for the business whatsoever yeah so it was disbanded fair yeah so over the next few years more of the same happened more and more women went missing they continued to have parties 
police, you know, would pop in and be like, oh, Willie, close this down. <laughs> Silly goose. And we'll While we're here. Like, hmm, right. Can we grab a beer? <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> They're like, oh, Willie, you just, you get the best imported beer over here, okay? Yeah, you know we can't get it anywhere else. And Willie's like, you know I got you. Um, so, yeah, over the next few years, that happened. More women went missing. More people said, hey, it's Willie. Hey, it's Willie. Hey, it's Willie. Uh, the police were like, not our Willie. So, until all the way up in 2002, we're going to move to. So, we're doing um, a four-year a four li- little jump in time. And on February 6th in 2002, the Vancouver Police Department executed a search warrant for illegal firearms. Yeah, so, over the last couple of years, women had continued to go missing at alarming rates. The victim name and the farm had continuously been brought up until it was quite literally impossible to ignore any longer. Um, It was clear to everyone involved, including, finally, the police department, women who visited the Picton farm disappeared. So, they basically heard a rumor that there were illegal weapons um, on the farm, and they said, okay... This is our chance. Uh, Took it. Searched it. um, Didn't find any illegal weapons. uh, Of course. uh, Because there were none. (laughs) But what they did find was all of those handbags and IDs and pieces of clothing I had been talking about earlier. So they immediately took the two brothers, Dave and Robert, into custody. And they they obtained a second search warrant. Uh, this time for the BC Missing Women Investigation. Good. Uh, yeah. The farm was sealed off the next day by the RCMP for searching. Um, and like I said, unfortunately, they didn't find any illegal weapons. Um, so they couldn't hold the brothers for any longer than 24 hours. No good. So they were released the next day. However, they did keep Robert under surveillance. So on February 22nd, after searching the property for 13 days... Robert Pickton was arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of Serena Abbotsway and Mona Wilson. On April 2nd, the same charge was applied for Jacqueline McDonald, Diane Rock, and Heather Bottomley. A sixth murder charge for Andrea Josbury was laid on April 9th, followed shortly by a seventh for Brenda Wolf. On September 20th, four more charges were added for Georgina Pappin, Patricia Johnson, Helen Hallmark, and Jennifer Firminger. Four more for the murders of Heather Shinnock, Tanya Holick, Sherry Irving, and Inga Hall. On October... That says it twice. No, on October 3rd. Um, Bringing the total to 15. Finally, on May 26, 2005, after he'd been in jail for three years, 12 more charges were laid against Picton for the killings of Kara Ellis, Andrea Borhaven, Deborah Lynn Jones, Marnie Frey, Tiffany Drew, Carrie Kosky, Sarah DeVries, Cynthia Felix, Angela Jardine, Wendy Crawford, Diana Melnick, and Jane Doe, bringing the total of first-degree murder charges to 27. Good. So, the reason that Robert was getting all of these charges and Dave didn't get anything is because everything was found either in Robert's trailer Mm -hmm. 
or with only Robert's fingerprints on it. So they could only link it to Robert. Yeah. Interesting. So, yes. I feel, in my opinion, I feel like Rob was the one who was like the driver. So, like, I feel like it's his job to go and get whoever. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I feel like he was just, like, a weird fucking collector or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to, like, keep shit. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, so, I think something similar. I think he was the one in charge of getting shit. Mm-hmm. But I have some compelling compelling evidence okay, that okay. points to it maybe being him. Maybe being Robert um, or Dave? Robert. Okay. So, excavations continued on the farm. Um, all the way from basically when they started, uh, in 2002, all the way through to November of 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is estimated to have cost $70 million in, in investigation fees by the end of, the, uh, 2003. Damn. Yeah. So this was the, this was and continues to be the number one biggest criminal investigation in Canadian history. Shit biggest crime scene in canadian history um it took years years to go through this shit um so forensic analysis proved to be difficult um because many of the bodies they found on the farm because they found many Mm -hmm. had been just left to be decomposed or they were eaten by insects or pigs on the farm Mm-hmm. So, during the early days of excavations, forensic anthropologists um, brought in really heavy equipment, mainly using conveyor belts and soil sifters to just look through every inch of that farm to find human remains. Um, and on March 10th, guys, the trigger, this is fucking awful. Um, on March 10th, 2004, the government revealed that Picton had ground up human flesh and mixed it with pork that he sold to the public. Mm-hmm. And the province's health authority later issued a warning uh, to let everyone know that. And then another warning was made that he fed the bodies directly to his pigs. Mm-hmm. I so that. I I didn't, I thought that he had just, I didn't realize that he just Sweeney Todd style ground up you didn't know pork that? and and human together. No, I thought he just fed them to pigs. No, I remember finding that out and being like horrified. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was really too young awful. to have known that. Yeah, um, <laughs> if I didn't eat meat already, or if I did eat meat, I wouldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't, so <laughs> we're in a good spot for that. Um, so the Robert Picton trial uh, began. On January 30th, 2006, in New Westminster, um, he pleaded not guilty to Mm -hmm. all 27 charges of first-degree murder in the Supreme Court of British Columbia. And on uh, August 9th, Justice James Williams, presiding judge of the case, uh, basically split the charges into two groups, um, one of six counts and another of 20 counts. The trial... uh, Oh, sorry. Yeah, so the trial on the group of six counts. Um, and then they ruled that the remaining 20 counts would have to be heard in a separate trial, uh, but ultimately were stayed 
on August 4th, 2010, um, which I'll explain later. Uh, and because of the publication ban, as there was a publication ban on the entire trial, uh, full details of this decision are not publicly available. Um, but the judge has explained that trying all 26 charges at once would have put an unreasonable burden on the jury. Uh, and the trial could have lasted up to two years in that case. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, jury duty for two years is not... Jury duty for the Robert Pickston case already must have been awful. Awful. But two, two years. Two fucking years of that. I yeah, brutal. Guarantee you they would need like serious fucking Counseling? mental health care after that. Totally. Um, so it also would have been uh, an increased chance uh, in for Robert to be able to. Um, what's the word? What's the word when you say, hey, that was bad? <laughs> appeal okay. when you appeal when you say hey that was bad <laughs> yeah that thing um it would have given a significantly increased chance of him being able to appeal uh on the basis of ha of a mistrial because six counts is one thing 26 counts is another thing entirely that's a lot a lot a lot um so the judge da, 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 also added that he put the six counts in one kind of group because they were uh, basically they had more evidence than the other 20 mm -hmm. and the other 20 were more similar. Mm. Uh, 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 um. And on January 22nd, Robert faced first degree charges in the deaths of Marnie Frey, Serena Abbotsway, Georgina Pappin, Angela Josberry, Brenda Wolf, and Mona Wilson. The media ban was lifted and Canada was able to find out the extent of the evidence that was found on the Picton farm. So guys, this is this is the shitty part. This is the um, extent. Yeah, so don't listen to this. Uh, it's not as if, if, if it's going to make you sick. It's like not necessary really to the story, but I think it's important to know. So you know what a piece of shit he is. What a Yeah, so if you're fat steaming piece, piece of, shit. of shit. Right now we're just at regular. Absolutely. We're about to have the fat in the uh, steam. We're, we're at... <laughs> Maybe we're not regular. Because <laughs> I know a lot of regular pieces of shit and they didn't do this. But, um, yeah, this is bad. So, um, yeah, they we were able to find out the extent, um, which were skulls cut in half with hands and feet stuffed inside, the remains of one victim found stuffed in a garbage bag um, with her bloodstained clothing in a Pickman's trailer, Part of another victim's jawbone and teeth found beside the Pickton slaughterhouse. A 22 caliber, caliber revolver with an attached dildo. <gasps> yeah. Containing both his and a victim's DNA. God. Yeah. In the videotape recording uh, that was played for the jury, Pickton claimed to have attached the dildo to his weapon as a makeshift silencer. Bullshit. Um, yeah. So, as of February 20, 20th, 2007, the following information had been presented to the court. Um, so, lab staff testified that about 80 unidentified DNA profiles have been detected uh, in, in the farm. So, That's 80 awful. unidentified people. Um, 
And then inside of Picton's trailer, they found that awful uh, revolver um, with one round fired from it. Uh, boxes of 357 Magnum handgun ammunition, night vision goggles, two pairs of faux fur-lined handcuffs, and a syringe with three milliliters of blue liquid inside, uh, and an aphrodisiac. Did and we ever find out what the blue liquid was? Or? Yep, I'll tell you. Oh. A videotape of Picton's friend um, saying that Picton had told him a good way to kill a female heroin addict was to inject her with windshield washer fluid. What the fuck? Which is what the blue liquid was. Um, a that's a good way to kill anybody. Like, yeah. Well, not a good way. That, that, that's a way to kill I anybody. Like, what? I think that it was... The he injecting. It was irony he liked. Um... There was a second tape that was played in which uh, one of Robert's associates uh, said that Robert had mentioned killing sex workers by handcuffing them and strangling them, then bleeding them and gutting them before feeding them to pigs. God, could you imagine yeah. having to watch that? Like, in a fucking jury. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, and then there were photos of the contents of a garbage can found in Robert's slaughterhouse, which also held some remains, or sorry, and in which the, the photos uh, held some remains of Mona Wilson. Fucking piece yeah. of shit, man. So on December 9th, 2007, we returned a vic uh, verdict that Picton is not guilty on six counts of first-degree murder, but is guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. Hmm. So somehow... They couldn't prove first-degree murder with all of that evidence. That um, I think a lot of people. Yeah, I <laughs> think a lot of people thought that he was too dumb, and I think a lot of people thought that Dave had something to do with it, which don't really disagree. But also, probably kill him, or not probably kill him, probably give him first-degree murder. Um, so a second-degree murder conviction um, gives you a life sentence uh, with no possibility possibility of parole uh, for between 10 and 25 years depending on what the trial judge says and on December 11th 2007 after reading 18 victim impact states British Columbia Supre Supreme Court Judge Justice James Williams sentenced Robert Picton to life with no possibility of parole for 25 years the maximum punishment uh, deliverable for uh, second degree murder and equal to the sentence, which would have been imposed for a first-degree murder conviction. So, doesn't matter. He got the same fucking charge. Good. Or the same, sorry, punishment. And of this, Justice James Williams said, Mr. Pickton's conduct was murderous and repeatedly so. I cannot know the details, but I know this. What happened to them was senseless and despi uh, despicable. Mr. Picton, there is really nothing I can say to express the revulsion the community feels about these killing, killings. The women who were murdered, each of them, were members of our community. They were women who had troubled lives. Each of them found themselves in positions of extreme vulnerability. 
They were persons who were in the ugly grasp of substance abuse and addictions, persons who were selling their bodies to strangers in order to survive. And then before we finish this off, um, I do have a list of victims. It's long, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go through all of them because I think it's important. Uh, So I have who they are and when they disappeared. So this first group is people who were linked to Robert Pickton. So we have Lillian Jean O'Dare disappeared September 1978. Wendy Louise Allen disappeared March 1979. Rebecca Juno or Juno uh, disappeared June 1983. Sherry Rail January 1984. Yvonne Marlene Abagosis January 1984. Linda Louise Grant October 1984. Cheryl Donahue May 1985. Lee Minor, December 1993. Laura Ma, August 18, or 1985. Elaine Allenbach, March 1986. Teresa Williams, July 1988. Ingrid Sowett, August 1989. Nancy Clark, um, August 1991. Mary Lands, 19, uh, just 1991. She doesn't have a month. Kathleen Watley, June 1992. Elsie Sebastian, October 1992. Gloria Fedishin, January 1993. Sherry Baker, 19, uh, 1993. Teresa Louise Tripp, um, April 1994. Angela Arsenault, August 1994. Catherine Gonzalez, March 1995. Catherine Knight, April 1995. Dorothy Spence, August 1995. Danny Melnick, December 1995. Olivia Williams, December 1996. Frances Young, January 1997. Sharon Ward, February 1997. And Kara Ellis, 1997. And then these women are victims that police found evidence of at the pig farm. So Tanya Hollick, uh, October 1996. Robert was charged with first degree murder. Uh, Mary Laura, Mary Laura, La Liberté, January 1997. Kelly Richard Little, April 1997. Helen Hallmark, June 1997. Uh, Robert was charged with first-degree murder. Uh, or second-degree murder, sorry. Um, Janet Henry disappeared June 1997. Uh, and I have a little bit more info on Janet. So Janet had been drugged and attacked by Canada's other notorious serial killer, Clifford Olson, when she was younger. God. Yeah. She had been lucky, and he had let her go. And she was also Sandra's sister. What the fuck? That poor girl. Yeah. Um, Marnie Frey, August 1997. Jacqueline Murdoch, August 1997. Cindy Beck, September 1997. Andrea Borhaven, 1997. Shara Irving, April 1997. Cindy Phillips, November 1997. Carrie Koski, January 1998. Inga Hall, February 1998. Sarah DeVries, April 1998. Elaine Dumba, April 1998. Sheila Egan, July 1998. Julie Young, October 1998. Angela Jardine, November 1998. Marcella Grayson, 
December 1998, Michelle Gurney, December 1998, Ruby Ann Hardy, 1998, Tanya Peterson, 1998, Tammy Fairbairn, 1998, Jacqueline McDonald, January 1999, Georgina Pappen, March 1999, Brenda Wolf, February 1999, Wendy Crawford, November 1999, Jennifer Firminger, December 1999, Tiffany Louise Drew, December 1999, Don Cray, November 2000, Deborah Jones, December 2000, Sharon Abraham, 2000, Patricia Johnson, March 2001, Yvonne Mary Bowen, March 2001, Heather Bottomley, April 2001, Heather Chinook, April 2001, Angela Josberry, uh, June 2001, Serena Abbotsway, August 2001, Diane Rock, October 2001, and Mona Wilson, November 2001. Hmm. You ended? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It's, it's a ridiculous, awful... Awful, awful, awful! Mm-hmm. Like, how? How? Yeah, so. That is Robert Picton. Gross. Thank Fuck you for that. Fuck that guy. No problem. How old is he now? Good question. 70-something? And he's not in BC anymore, right? I think he's in oh, Alberta. Maybe. Last I heard, he was in Vancouver, but... Also, if you are someone who is in Vancouver, please be careful. Um, because Dave. Dave was recently spotted, and by recently, I mean like three weeks ago. And okay, so this is an article from CTV News. It's from 2018, so it's a little while ago now. Um, but notorious serial killer and pig farmer Robert Picton has been transferred to a maximum security prison in Quebec. Ah, Quebec. Yeah. Close. So, he's still alive. We got to deal with those French pricks over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he is 49. He was born in 49. So, so he'd be what? Oh, he'd be 81. 81? No. 71. 71? 72. 70, 72. 72. I think. 9. Chain 49. Minus. 20, 21. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. 72, yeah. So, he's 72. Time to die, Robert. The world would be better without you here. And I mean that truly and from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) With peace and love, die. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I'm not going to lie to you guys. That was a hard one. That sucked. Yeah, like, it was absolutely so much shite. And it's just so crazy uh, to me. I mean, they're all crazy to me because obviously how how is this possible? Um, but it's crazy to me because I know all of these places that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And also, um, guys, Robert Picton's farm was demolished. It was good. Um, but they built uh, houses. There's like, yeah, um, isn't it like a townhouses? Like, yeah, it's like a co-op or something. Yeah, and there's like a McDonald's there and i literally could never live there 
I would. Yeah, my house would be haunted. Because it's fucking haunted. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. No, I do know. I was going to say, I don't know what they would do with the land, but I know exactly what the fuck they do with the land. You should be making a, a, um, what's the word? Like a monument to, to the victims. You know? Like, uh, something to remember them and say, we, we didn't do enough. Mm. You know? that's what they do with a lot of uh, I mean obviously it's different um maybe I don't know maybe that would be distasteful what do you guys think but um I know that that's what they do with a lot of areas uh where planes crash they make monuments to the people who passed in the plane crashes um I just I don't know it feels icky that the people there's a fucking McDonald's on it yeah like that's I don't know Am I crazy? No, I think if it's weird that people are profiting off the land where so many that's people exactly. die. That's exactly. That's, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and, you know, I that don't know if me. it's, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if it's realistic to just leave it an empty, vacant lot for forever. So I feel like creating a monument to the victims is yeah. would, you know, but I don't know. It's hard to say. But I think that that's not the right call. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, what do you guys think? Didn't that suck? <laughs> Wasn't that the worst? Yay. <laughs> yeah. I know, we keep saying, like, each one, I'm like, this is kind of the worst. And then we do another one, and I'm like, eh, this is kind of the worst. Um, so, maybe, to get out of this icky headspace. Yeah. What's your happy, Danny? <laughs> um, Tell me you're happy. So, my happy happened, like... 20 minutes before we started recording. Ah, it's fresh. Yes, it's very fresh. So I very fresh. really like animal bones. And yes. We know this. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they're really expensive. Like, very they expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was perusing <laughs> Etsy. Um, stumbled you. across a few things I did not want to see. Such as oh. a dick snail. A dick snail. <laughs> I dick have no words wild. for that. I don't either. Guys, it's like really, I don't want to like shit on I don't want to post it either. Like, it's it like will really well done. Down. It's yeah. Realistic. It's like so well done. It looks exactly like a penis with a snail shell. It looks like if it's even the shiny. sluggy part of the snail was a dick. Like literally. Yeah. And it's like shiny and it's got veins. It's really well it's, done. Yeah, it's very well done. But it's so realistic, it makes me so fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, Danny sent it to me, and I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, again, I don't want to shit on someone's art, but why? Yeah. Um, why did you do that? Well, I ended up stumbling across this shop. Oh, uh-huh. sorry, I just burped. Um, and it's in Quebec. Thank yeah. you, Quebec. You're good for something. <laughs> Um, including housing Robert Picton. Including housing Robert Picton and this and they're like pretty cheap. They're like probably I don't want to say half the prices where I've seen them elsewhere, but pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. And it's like an indigenous family. And cuz my thing is is like I don't want something that's like hunted and killed for the purpose of art. 
-hmm. like I would like it to be ethical as ethical Mm -hmm. as possible like whether it be like found or like you know not like Mm -hmm. not killed for human profit that's what Mm -hmm. I don't want um but yeah it comes from an indigenous family and artist Mm -hmm. and yeah they they don't use the skulls for anything they use the bones for stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah they do all their own hunting and everything so they just sell the skulls oh yeah nice noise 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 so did you buy anything you're just happy that you found them i did i bought several things oh my god i bought how much did you spend Mm. you can take this out i'm just curious like hold on let me pull it up you don't even remember i bought several things (laughs) several things um i bought order details the receipt I bought four things, and I okay. spent 180 bucks. Oh. Yeah. Oh, nearly as bad as I thought it was going to so be. So I got 20 mixed teeth. Very excited for that one. Nice, yeah. Uh, a beaver skull, a coyote skull, and a fox skull. Wow. Yeah. I'm Look excited. at you. You're the bone bitch. Yeah. The bone bitch. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, well, I'm very happy for you. That's exciting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, for my happy, oh my god, you guys, you're listening to maybe not the newest, but the newest in on this podcast. Um, university student. Uh, wow! Hello, everyone. It's me. Nice to meet you. I go to university now. Um, I got accepted to uni. So, yeah, I have an appointment tomorrow, and I'm choosing courses. So, yeah, I'm going to university. That's my happy. Thank you so much. Um, I'm in the Environmental Studies Bachelor Program. Um, And before you come for me and say, you're not going to make any money doing that. Suck. Ooh, what the hell was that? Okay, well, before you come at me and say, you're not going to make any money doing that. Suck my that ass How because you know i want it um i don't know that's what everyone well not everyone that's what some people have been saying and uh, i don't care <laughs> i love it and i care about it and i care about the planet and suck my fat ass <laughs> i don't see how um, you couldn't make money from that you could get a government job i know i feel like there's a lot of avenues i could do like a lot yeah. of them you and could be the new fucking leslie note sage Oh my god, I could be Leslie Nope! I could be the mayor of Chilliwack. <laughs> Chilliwack is the greatest place in the world! Not true. Um. <laughs> yes, I could be the new Leslie Nope. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of things I could do with it, and I just really care about it, and so I'm really excited about it. So, wish me luck, everybody. I'm gonna buy a university hoodie and only wear that from now on. Nice. I'm living my best university life. I'm a little bit nervous because I know people keep telling me it's, like, not a big deal. But, like, I feel like I'm old. But. Not old. See? People keep telling um, me this. But I feel like I am. Reference, the other day, Sage was going on and on. Um, and going on a <laughs> full-ass rant about <laughs> how she, she thought she was 25 this year. <laughs> and her whole life was over because she hasn't gone to school and all this shit. And I'm sitting there. You're not turning 25. I'm turning 25 <laughs> this year. And she's talking about how her life 
oh my god she's gonna be old she's turning 25 she doesn't know what she wants to do and i'm like firstly bitch you're not that's me (laughs) (laughs) no but okay hear me out guys and this is different because danny you know what you want to do and it doesn't require a bachelor degree which even if it did i would so support you so now i'm gonna just sound like an asshole no matter what but i'm committing to it but hear me out i turned 25 it's not that old i i respect that okay it's not that old do a bachelor program when i graduate i'm 29 i'm one year away from being 30 okay that's kind of old to be starting in a new career field and then i'm some office temp at 29 now you're gonna no. be some office temp at 28 yeah that's a little <laughs> bit better also 29 is not old to be starting a career it feels old it's i not. feel like i should have had my, my mom career figured have out her career until she was 37 my yeah, aunt is true. just going back to school right now and she's 48 okay well that's different because she has careers she has had careers i guess technically i have had a career but either way now i'm only 28 when i graduate which is not that old <laughs> It's like a six months different. I hope different COVID 7.0 hits when you're 28 and you like can't get a job until you're 29. <laughs> That's fucking rude. <laughs> that is so fucking rude. <laughs> Where were we? We said our happies. I guess that's it. We said our happies. Yeah. What are your guys' happies? I can't hear you, but say them right now. Okay. Ready? Pause. And we're back. Okay, thank you. That was very happy. I love that for you. Um, yeah. So, guys, I think that's it for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Silence of the Hags, or you can send us an email at silenceofthehags at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We love emails. We do. Um, Haven't got one for a while. Yeah. Please, please email us. Please email us. Steve. Dad. Steve, I'm looking at you. Where are my emails? <laughs> um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We have a bunch of small ones, and if you would like to listen to us there, you can click the link tree in our bio mm-hmm. on Instagram and find yes. all of your options if you're looking to branch out from Apple and Spotify. Absolutely. I love it. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm going to stop that because I don't even know what that was. Thank you. Um, Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you on Monday. Yeah. All right, everyone. Bye.